0: Smith retires, the New York Yankees are a trash heap, and we preview the NFL draft with the great and powerful Richo. Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Valley Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Sound of Network. As always, I am your host, Chris Valley. Hope you all are doing well and staying safe. After a 16-year NFL career, the 36-year-old veteran quarterback, Mr. Alex Smith, has decided to retire. Smith announced his retirement over a video on Instagram, and here's an excerpt from the announcement. He said, and I quote, I was a skinny, no-name recruit who wasn't supposed to play in college, let alone go, go to New York as a Heisman finalist or be the first one to have his name called on draft night. And then on a routine play, I almost lost everything. But football wouldn't let me give up because, no, this isn't just a game. It's not just what happens between those white lines on a Sunday afternoon. It's about the challenges and commitment they require. It's how hard and how far you can push yourself. And it's about the bond between those 53 guys in the locker room. It's about fully committing yourself to something bigger. And most of all, it's about you. End quote. Smith also thanked the fans of his teams, uh, excuse me, of the teams that he represented. Quote, Natter Nation, the Chiefs Kingdom, and the burgundy and gold, end quote, as well as thanking his teammates, saying, quote, to all the men I had the privilege of standing with and playing alongside, thank you. Thank you for believing in me, and thank you for helping me believe in myself and in the impossible, end quote. So let's look over Alex Smith's career. He was the number one overall pick in the 2005 NFL draft by the San Francisco 49ers. He played for the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the football team. He's a three-time Pro Bowler in 2013 20- 2013, 2016, 2017, all of those were with Kansas City. He was the 2017 NFL passer rating leader. He was the 2020 NFL comeback player of the year. He played in 174 NFL games. He had a record of 99-67-1, which is just shy of a 60% winning percentage. He had 199 touchdowns to 109 interceptions. And his 46 interceptions since 2013 is the second fewest by a quarterback with at least 70 starts, trailing only the great Aaron Rodgers. For his career, he had amassed 35,650 passing yards. He had a 62.6% completion percentage, an 86.9 passer rating, 2,604 rushing yards, and 15 rushing touchdowns. Alex Smith never made it to a Super Bowl. Alex Smith never won a Super Bowl. And he was the number one overall pick. I still think he had a tremendous career. Now, to be completely transparent, I was not the biggest Alex Smith fan back in the day. I thought he was nothing more than a game manager who was a decent starting quarterback, probably, you know, top 12, 13, 14th in the league. Nothing special, nothing terrible. Kind of like a Kirk Cousins, somebody that you you would win games with, but not necessarily somebody that you would really have any confidence in and would, would win you a big playoff game. And then he went to Kansas City, and I started appreciating him a little bit more, seeing how well he was playing. And obviously it helps to be coached by Andy Reid. But I also thought that Jim Harbaugh screwed him in, in San Francisco. And I am a big Jim Harbaugh fan as a coach, but I thought he made a mistake going to Kaepernick over Smith. Because Smith, the year that, that Harbaugh decided to bench Smith, Smith was actually having a pretty damn good year. If you go back and you look at his numbers and everything, there was really no reason to bench him. And I was happy that he got a resurgence in Kansas City. And he he was a tremendous mentor for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that he's the reason why Patrick Mahomes is who Patrick Mahomes is, because that would be stupid to say. Mahomes has just got... un you know, otherworldly talent. But the fact that Mahomes got to sit for a year and learn the system, Kansas City system, behind somebody like Alex Smith, I think did do a tremendous amount of good for him. Smith has shown throughout his career that he's not just a great leader, but he is one of the best teammates I think we've ever seen in football. Think about all the other quarterbacks that have been starters knowing that their time was was running out and how they treated their backups. You look at somebody like Brett Favre. Look at Tom Brady with Jimmy Garoppolo. You, I, And again, I'm not, I'm not disparaging either Brady or Favre. The point that I'm making, though, is that it's very easy for you to be the starter in the league, or excuse me, the starter on a team, and not want to see your replacement and not want to help your replacement because they're coming for your job. But Smith wasn't like that. He was completely aware of the situation, knew that they drafted Mahomes for a reason, and rather than shun Mahomes, he took the time to mentor him and to help him develop into the quarterback that we see now. You know, I think if nothing else, it, it gave us a deep dive into who Alex Smith is as a person, really showed his character, his true character, and that's of a tremendous leader. So to wrap this up, I just want to touch on his him winning the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. So a few months ago on this podcast, I think it was on this podcast. I was I had talked about how as every year that Alex Smith plays in the NFL, he should automatically win NFL comeback player of the year just because given everything that this dude overcame. And for those who are unaware, the what this dude suffered. So he had a compound leg fracture back in 2018. And the majority of the world assumed that his career was over. He required 17 surgeries to stem an infection in his right leg, which was nearly amputated. And again, if you haven't seen it, one of the best things ESPN has done in years was a documentary on everything that Alex Smith has gone through. And I'm sure you can find it on ESPN+. Plus. You can even probably find it on YouTube. It's about 45 to 50 minutes long. It is incredible. I highly recommend you checking this out. Anyway, so the dude went through hell and back and made one of, if not the most miraculous recoveries we've ever seen in sports. So uh, that was obviously the reason why I said he should automatically win NFL Comeback Player of the Year for every year that he comes back into the league. Obviously, that's not going to happen anymore because he's retired. So I got to shout out Clay Travis from Outkick who had this idea, which is that the NFL should rename the Comeback Player of the Year award to the Alex Smith Award, given everything that he had overcome. And I think that if there was ever a time or ever a, a reason to rename an award, I think this would be it. I don't know if we're ever going to see another athlete have to overcome all the obstacles that we've seen Alex Smith overcome. I think it's due. I think Alex Smith deserves to have that award named after him given everything that he's done, everything obviously everything that he's that he's done both as a player on the field, obviously off the field and just the fact that he was able to come back the way that he did. So in conclusion, Alex Smith may not be a Hall of famer, but I think it's safe to say that his legacy is bigger than just, whether or not he makes it into the hall of fame he's an athlete that proved everyone wrong all the doubters wrong overcame every possible obstacle in order to make it back on the field to do what he loved to do so i think we're looking at somebody who should go down not only as one of the classiest and toughest football players of all time but one of the best leaders we've ever seen in the national football league (laughs) The Yankees are an abomination. They're the subject of everything is stupid, which has been moved up a segment. NFL corner will be next segment where I sit down with Richard to talk NFL draft. The Yankees are an atrocity. Absolute atrocity right now. They're off to the worst start in over two decades. The weekend sweep to the to the Rays, excuse me, brought the Yankees to an American League worst five and ten record. We're now six and ten because hey, we beat the Atlanta Braves. Woohoo! The 5-10 record was making it only the eighth time in franchise history that it had the Yankees had lost 10 of its first 15 games. Quick, let's go to Brian Cashman for comment. Quote, we are disappointed at where we currently stand, but we know better days are ahead. End quote. Well, that's wonderful insight from the great Brian Cashman. Dude's a fucking bum. In regards to Aaron Boone's job security, quick, Brian Cashman, what say you? Quote, Aaron Boone is doing everything he can do within his power currently. End quote. So, in other words, Boone is safe and Cashman would rather focus on the players. So, let's do that, shall we? Let's look at that incredible offensive roster that Cashman has put together for us. As of Sunday, DJ LeMahieu is the only player batting over 255. The only player, again, batting over 255. He's currently at 286, or at least he was at 286 when I took down these notes. On Sunday's 4-2 loss to Tampa Bay, the New York Yankees had five starters. I'm going to repeat that one more time. They had five starters batting sub-200. Five batting sub-200. One of the players that has been just an absolute shitshow has been Aaron Hicks, which Aaron Boone, for whatever reason, can't seem to figure out where the hell to put him in the lineup. But apparently putting him behind DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge makes absolutely no sense. The dude's batting 160, so even if LeMahieu or Judge get on base, which again, LeMahieu's batting 286, so there's a decent shot that he'll actually get on base, it's highly unlikely that Hicks is ever going to drive either one of them in. Aaron Hicks should be batting ninth, or better yet, he should be benched because he's batting 160. So I came in the season believing that the Yankees would be the best offensive baseball. I said it on Spaceball. Austin pushed back immediately. Austin was right. Look, all the analysts and everything that I had read were pretty much giving me the indication that the Yankees were going to average a bunch of runs this season. So as a Yankee fan, I believed, given the offensive firepower that we're supposed to have in this lineup, the Yankees should be the best offense in baseball. The only thing I should be sweating is our starting pitching. Apparently I was wrong, because the issue is that this lineup can only beat up fourth or fifth day starters on bad teams, because any this offense is completely shut down against any good team with a decent pitching staff, and it's, it's damn time to start sounding the alarms. I mean, I don't understand Cashman preaching patience and better days ahead when the roster is full of average, at best, players. This whole kumbaya bullshit. No, that's how we got in this mess to begin with. It's time to start getting aggressive. I don't care if the press is going to get all up in arms and sneery at you by calling it buying players. Who cares? Fucking do it. You're the New York Yankees. You're a $6 billion enterprise. Start buying players, do something. And if your feelings are hurt that much and you don't like the bad press about buying players, then call it investing in talent. Because that's what you're doing. You're investing in people who could actually hit above 200. God sakes, man. What are we doing? George Steinbrenner's got to be doing backflips in his grave right now. What the hell is Yankee ownership doing? Wake the fuck up. We suck. Figure it out. I mean, good God, man. Like, you, you need to start shaking things up on this team. And you could start by firing the inept GM and then work your way down. Get rid of Brian Cashman. The man can't evaluate talent. He has shown this for years. He needs to go. Fire Brian Cashman, then fire Aaron Boone, and then start benching people. Or cutting people. Bring up some talent from your farm system. See what you have. But you need to do something. We are the New York Yankees. We should not be in last place. I'm tired of losing. It's not just losing in the regular season. I'm tired of not competing in the postseason. Yes, I know. I sound like a spoiled and entitled Yankee fan. I don't care. That is my right as a Yankee fan. I expect my team to compete every single year. We are a $6 billion, billion billion-dollar enterprise. We have enough money to buy any type of talent we may need. But the real problem, the real issue, comes down to the fact that we have an inept GM who can't properly evaluate talent. We have no problem spending money. What's up, Giancarlo Stanton? How you doing? How's that massive contract doing on our books? Again, we have no problem spending the money. But we keep throwing it away at players that don't make any damn sense. But our great and powerful GM is telling us brighter days are ahead. Where are those brighter days? Because all I see are dark days ahead. We can't hit the damn baseball. And part of that is your damn fault, Mr. Cashman. You have been inept at your duties for years. At this point, and I'm serious here, at this point, we're almost better off losing. We're better off ending. The closer we are to last place, the better off we may be because maybe then, maybe if we are embarrassed by the by Major League Baseball, all the other teams beat the snot out of us, maybe then that will wake up Yankees' ownership to realize that Brian Cashman is no longer the answer maybe then they will wake the hell up and fire his ass and actually go get someone who can actually do the job. You know, competently evaluate talent. Because at this point, I don't know what else it's going to take. He has sucked at his job for years. I have been on this podcast time and time again saying, Cashman has to go. He is the problem. And as long as we keep eking by, winning a division or making a wild card and making it into the playoffs, that's going to be enough for Yankee ownership to just keep going down this path. And that's why I miss George Steinbrenner. Truly, that is why I miss that man. That man would have fired Cashman years ago. He expected to win championships every single year. We have not truly competed. We've we've truly competed. We had the chance to win one World Series. That was a few years ago. Outside of that season, we haven't had a shot or a prayer in hell of actually winning the World Series. Sure, we were a top team, in, we've been a top team in the in the American League, but realistically speaking, we didn't have a shot winning the World Series. We could lie to ourselves, a hundred percent. We could lie to ourselves. I lie to myself all the time, being like, "Oh yeah, no, we're we're going to be fine. The pitching staff—it'll figure itself out. We've got." Look at our offense. Our offense is incredible. We're going to be great. That's what I told myself this year, leading into this season. Eh, we're going to be fine. We'll figure it out. No, those those days are done. I am done believing in anything as long as Brian Cashman's at the helm. Because at the end of the day, we're just not that good. And we owe it all to our great GM. So, congratulations, Yankee ownership. You have continued to sit on your hands watching your organization flounder because you don't have the balls or the insight to fire the man responsible for putting this crap show together. All right, so for NFL Corner this week, we've got the great and powerful Rich O from Rich O and Lala. Thank you for coming on, man. We're going to talk about NFL draft, a little Eagles. How's it going?
1: How's it going? Great, buddy. I'm excited to be here. It's been a while since I've been on your show,
0: so thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. So, Of course. this is all going to be an NFL draft yep. feature, so to speak. So yeah. my first question for you is, what are you hoping to see the Eagles do with their picks? So what I hope they will do
1: will be just pick the right player obviously right i mean that I, I know that sounds like a a softball and a stupid thing to say but i mean we haven't really seen them seen them hit a home run pick and i feel like they need to do their their homework on this even more so than they have in the past okay so and uh, it's so scary now as an eagles fan because we have a new head coach it's a whole new regime whole new coaching staff so this can honestly go absolutely anywhere. Uh, We're recording this on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. The Eagles just put out a presser today with Howie Roseman, uh, Nick Sirianni, the head coach, and whoever the VP of um, player ops is. I didn't even know this dude existed. So, you know, some random Eagle person who apparently has been there for a while. Um, But yeah, so you really don't know where they're gonna go with this where I would like to see them go and where I think would make the most sense is cornerback solidifying the defense. And especially cause that was our weaker end, you know, we keep getting burned uh, in the backfield by these, these other receivers in the league. So I think they need to address that. Um, and that's what I hope to see. Okay.
0: So if you were the GM And I don't know if you have their picks in front of you. Yep. Do you have like somewhat of a mock of what, who you would take at each spot or whether or not you would trade a certain couple picks again? Like, I mean, you guys have already made a trade once right? um, so far, but do you have like some sort of a, a mock of of who you would take where and when and why? So for my money, I I
1: know I just went on this, like, uh, this tangent about how, you know, grabbing the first, the top player and, um, you know, the best player in the draft. Right. So mm-hmm. for me being the GM, I have no problem with the Eagles trading back even further. Um, I understand that a lot of people love, uh, certain the second, right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a race, right. Cause the Eagles are at 12, have Dallas at 10, the Giants at 11. So somebody is going to grab him. Um, Dave Gelman for the Giants is talking about, if he's possibly going to trade back. Now, a lot of people thinking that he's going to go offense. I will not be shocked if Cowboys, Giants and Eagles all go cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. Now, with that being said, if there's no shot of trading up and you can't trade back, because obviously if you trade back, you can, you can acquire Acquiring a first rounder, I mean, absolutely a second round pick for next year is not insane. So, and then you're talking about sitting there with potentially three first rounders and three second rounders for next year's draft, which is just unheard of because we have that draft with giving you Carson Wentz, you're welcome again. Um, That's going to get, that's a preliminary uh, second round pick. It's going to get turned into a first round as long as Carson plays more than 75% of the snaps, which as long as he doesn't get injured, he will. So if the Eagles can go into next year with, uh, again, two to three first rounders and three second rounders, that's huge. And not have to spend a lot to move up into the draft to grab someone like Sertain in front of the Cowboys. For my money, I'm really, really high on Asante Samuel Jr., I think this would be uh, a big pickup for the Eagles, someone that they can can nab him at 12 or they can trade back possibly around in the mid to late 20s and probably still get him. I think that it would be a smart move PR-wise for starters because we had Asante Samuel. He was a stud when he played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Asante Samuel Jr.'s father, obviously. Um, So I think that that wouldn't, necessarily hurt how he's rep a little bit that might help him out a little bit to bring a little familiar name into the building you know what i mean um and again you know with the the defensive mind that they're getting they've already acquired a whole lot of cornerbacks um we got harris from the uh free agency so grabbing someone like samuel jr i mean that uh wouldn't be a bad pickup and for my money, that's what I would try to do. I would try to trade back, feel like I could get him a little later. I don't think that you would necessarily need to jump ahead and get someone like Sir Tate in a second. Because, um, again, when you look at these guys going back and forth, uh, I, again, I said this before, too, when they're talking, a lot of people want the Eagles to get a wide receiver. I just don't see that actually happening. I really don't. Uh, I think that the weapons they have, are fine, I think, as long as the offensive line stays healthy. And at the same time, if Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter, which is about 75 to 85% the chance, if the Eagles don't get another quarterback in this draft, um, you know, Jalen Hurts runs almost half the time anyway. So if you go and try to grab someone like Smith or Waddle or Moore or Bateman, you're almost wasting them. You're wasting them. You don't. You don't really necessarily need that huge number one six foot wide receiver that can run a four two or a four three down the forty. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I. I mean, I. I personally think that you guys desperately need a wide receiver. I don't think you guys have right. anybody at wideout. But um, I can also. This is also an extremely wide receiver heavy draft so you don't have to take a wide receiver necessarily at the first round like i would make a trade to trade up to get a wide receiver in this draft just because i think the depth is so so deep um so would you so if you were well well, i'll just cut it. i'll cut it back real quick on this one so when you're talking about trading back are you saying you would trade back your your first round pick or are you talking about other picks
1: i would trade my first round pick for another first round pick but also acquire try to acquire at least a second rounder for next year. I don't think that'd be that insane to, to nab. Um, I think that you, because uh, you, regardless, you still have a top 15 pick. Might not be top 10, um, but you at least have a top 15. So I think them going to a team that is a stud wide out away. Um, and especially if, again, the Cowboys do go, um, which I think they will. I think they're gonna go cornerback, cornerback. I don't I don't see either one of them picking up a wide receiver. You know, Chase will be off the board. Um, Pitts will be off the board. Well, I think Smith, I think
0: the Giants, I think the Giants will go wide receiver. I don't think I, I think you're right about Dallas, though. I think Dallas is gonna take Sertain if he's there. Gettle,
1: Gettleman loves defense. Defense wins championships in his eyes. I, I will be I will be floored if he picks up a wide out. For the giants in their first round i'll be I just, floored i just i think that that's where he's gonna go mainly i think that's his... where you want i think that's you what you want the giants to do because that is what they should do you're absolutely right with they i mean you know they should go wide receiver because i think that danny dimes needs someone for sure but i think they believe in danny dimes enough that that he can make it work um and they just picked up they picked up somebody on the offseason also they just got Galladay. They just got that tight end. They're stacked. Danny Down's got the weapons. They're not going to waste a first round pick on another weapon for him. They're not. They're going cornerback. I'm just remembering now. Sorry to say.
0: No, that's fine. You can remember that all you want. I'm sitting back and saying, if they can get one of those stud wide receivers, you now have a stud wide receiver to pair up with Galladay you have a stud wide receiver to pair up with Saquon Barkley. And I think that that would be, if I was the GM and I'm sitting back and I'm looking at how dependent my team is on Saquon Barkley, if Barkley goes down again with another injury or he doesn't come back and he's on 100% this season, you're fucked again. So, I mean, that's just how I look at it. Will they go cornerback? Maybe. But I I really do. I have my money on a wide receiver. with, And and I know that's not what Douche wants, but I I do think that they will end up going wide receiver. Okay. right. That's where my money is, but all right, I'll, I'll take that bet. All right, cool. All right, so this other one is more of like kind of like a game. So okay, I like games. I've got three categories. We're gonna do so. You got quarterbacks, which will be the first round, and then we got yep. wide receiver, tight ends, which will be round two, and then defenses round three. It's not really like yep. rounds, but you you get what I'm saying. So. I think so. I'm going to list off the five quarterbacks that are projected. These are all projected first round talents for each one of these categories. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to do is I'm going to list off for the quarterbacks, the five potential first round draft picks. You take one of the quarterbacks. I don't care which one it is. It could be Trevor Lawrence. If you want it to be, I don't care. And then explain to me why you're picking them over everybody else. So if, if, if you were the GM of the Eagles and the Eagles had the first overall pick for consider them having the first overall pick in each one of these categories Oh, and, okay. and you get to pick, I got whatever you ever quarterback you want. Yeah. Who would you take? So your, op, your options are obviously Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, and Lance, right? But if you are the first pick, who would you take?
1: It is a tough, <laughs> it's tough, man. Cause you know, uh, Lance's draft stock is Skyrocketing right now like this dude could go number two or three and it's that wouldn't be that shocking for him to go either one of those two um, if i was san
0: francisco by the way i would take trey lance
1: yeah i think that um that is a, it's not that crazy the only thing that has me really just pushed back on san francisco is that um shanahan's been down this dance a couple times already with a hype okay this quarterback's getting hyped up he's getting hyped up and it hasn't worked out for him. It didn't work out for him when he was in uh, Cleveland with Johnny Manziel. I understand he wasn't head coach over there. Same thing when he was in, I think, Washington. Um, the same thing happened over there as well. Didn't work out. And so I understand it's different now that he's the head coach for the 49ers. I just think that Jimmy G's got some more juice in the tank for a couple of years. And I don't think that they're going to spend that third pick. I think they're. I, I'll, I'll put my drafts out later, but anyways, going back to your question, I'm getting a little off topic on it now. Um, it's tough, man. I, I've told you before, I, I'm a newfound, like Alabama fan now. So I, I really like uh, Jones, but I think Lawrence would be the one that you just have to go to. Right. Cause I mean, he is, I as I was just going off about Trey Lance's draft stock skyrocketing. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, you know, a phenom right now. So, I think you'd be stupid if you had the number one overall pick and you passed on him. I don't think that this guy's going to be a whiff. I'm buying the, I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm starting to really see it now. And also I'm kind of hoping more than anything, dude, like I'm, it's a little frustrating when you look back and you see all these first round talent, uh, these quarterbacks that have gone number one overall, and there hasn't, really been they haven't fallen into the right team I understand obviously you're being drafted number one overall because you're going to the worst team but at some point like one of these guys has to be drafted number one overall and go to a, a good team that can actually like utilize them and and make them uh, or I guess an enhance their talents really right and I really hope that that's Trevor Lawrence
0: okay all right. So for wide receiver, I have wide receiver slash tight end on this one, mainly just because of Kyle Pitts. Yeah. So for this one, you're going to take two. So if you, if you could take any two of these players, who would you take? So there's right. quite that's a few awesome. here. Yeah. All right. No, that's good. So we've got Kyle Pitts, who's a tight end out of Florida, Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. And then we have um, Smith from Bama, Waddle from Bama, yep. Moore from Ole Miss. Uh, Tony, who's wide receiver from Florida, Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU, Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. So which two would you take?
1: I feel like I feel like you, you really have to go. I mean, you can't ignore Pitts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's this ginormous dude who can get downfield. And if anything, if he using him as a blocker or whatever you need to do, I mean, it's just the versatility with him is there and you can't ignore it. So you have to grab, um, if you have the opportunity. And then when you're talking about wide receivers, I mean, look, I I get, I get, uh, Jamar chase. All right. He's this big dude. Uh, He's a, he's a monster really. Um, Obviously, I like Smith. I like Waddle. Moore, I think, is is going to surprise a lot of people. And Bateman is actually a little bit bigger than Smith. I think he's got bigger hands too, or something like that. But uh, again, Smith is Smith is the guy you got to go for. I think he's the the all around uh, best wide receiver in this.
0: Okay, so even pick- th-
1: even though. Even though I was just talking about how how big and freaking nature Jamar Chase is, I think that Pitt, ew, I th- our Smith, I'm sorry, because um, of, because of the speed factor too, mm-hmm. I think that he's the clear cut favorite.
0: Okay. And then for defense, all right. So again, you get to pick two. So obviously, there's Sertain from the cornerback from Bama, and then we have uh, let's see Parsons, who's the linebacker from Penn State. Horn, who's the cornerback from South Carolina. Moerg, who's the safety from TCU. I think I said that last name, right? Uh, Let's see. Owusu Kamora, who's the linebacker from Notre Dame. Then we have uh, Davis, who's the linebacker for Kentucky. Farley, who's the cornerback from Virginia Tech. And Phillips, who's the defensive end out of Miami. Which two would you take?
1: Uh, Sertain the second. I think, again, just size, speed. Mm Mm-hmm. He he can do it all, getting on both sides,
0: um, and man, that's a tough one.
1: Give me that. Give me that list one more time again.
0: Yeah, no, no problem. So you got Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State, Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina.
1: Never mind, Parsons, a linebacker. That's right. That's what okay. it was. That was. I knew it was a linebacker. I just couldn't remember the name. Penn State rung, uh, rung the bell though, um, but yeah, big time.
0: Okay. That was my game. That was it. That was very quick. Oh, okay, very cool. Quick. I'm not going to push I, back because, I mean, frankly, I don't think you can go wrong with the majority of these players. Um, yeah. You know, it, the quarterback is the only one that I think you can get wrong. Um, And I think that the only wrong answer, honestly, is Justin Fields. I think all of the other quarterbacks in that list, I believe, have the, the potential to be good starters. I just don't think Justin Fields is going to do. I think he's the worst quarterback out of all of them.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, and you also have also stated before that Ohio state quarterbacks, just, they don't translate well to the, to the NFL. Um, they never have, and you're not wrong and you're, yeah, they, they really haven't. So, uh, I would, I would love fields to go to somewhere like new England because I would love for Belichick to be the one to be able to like kind of change that narrative. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's the only thing I have going on too is I have two. I I, I really feel like the Patriots are going to trade up in a big way, and I don't know if they're going to go quarterback or if they're going to go wide receiver. I really wouldn't be surprised if they went wide receiver. The biggest team that I will say that I'm looking to trade up, and I'm only going to say this because I feel like it would excite you a bit, is the Green Bay Packers. So my ultimate dream trade would have the Packers trading up to the 12 spot. And then the Eagles taking their spot, which is like, I don't remember 23 or something like that. It's, it's, it might be even 28, 29. It's pretty deep in there. Um, because doing something like that, I can see them finally going in and getting Rogers a, a top wide receiver.
0: Yeah, no, I don't really care anymore. I think Rogers is out either way. I mean, he, this really? night, the, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to leave. Obviously, this coming season, but the season after that, yeah, no, I think he's done. I don't
1: know. I, don't know. I, I, I feel like, trade. I feel like that they're fine because this is the thing. It's a win-win situation for Green Bay. Okay, they can trade up and get a top wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. And they can sit back and go, "Here you go, Rogers. We finally did it." We traded up and got you an offensive target, just like you've always wanted. We finally did it for you, buddy. And whether he stays there for two, three more years, at the end of the day, that new toy they just got is really for love. But they can pawn it off as if they got it for Rodgers. You know what I
0: mean? So Yeah, I get what you're it's, saying.
1: It's, it's, it's a win-win situation, and – that would just be an oddly be aggressive.
0: It. That would be an oddly aggressive move by the Packers, though, who never do anything like that ever. So that's true.
1: But you know they say, "Never say never."
0: Yeah, sure. Of course they do. They 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 say never say never. I don't. I don't. I've never heard of the Packers ever saying never say never. But
1: you know, stranger I mean, things are It's just have like happened. a generalized generalized thing, you know. I understand it's you're Matt, saying never say never. It's, say it's Matt Lafleur's game. Matt Lafleur might want to be aggressive on this one.
0: I just don't. I don't know, man. I like I can understand you hoping because it it benefits you guys. Obviously, if you can if you can get a team like that to to trade with you, absolutely. Um, I Packers just wouldn't be the team. I mean, maybe New England. New England might be somebody that would trade you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Yeah, but they're at the fifteen. I don't even. I mean, we'll see. I'm not saying it necessarily in the first round. I'm saying Belichick may be looking to package some of his other later round picks to like kind of move right. around and do that kind of stuff um no i i don't i think the only way that the patriots will trade up is if they get in like the top 10 area um i don't but I, a lot of people have the patriots trading up i i don't see that i belichick's never been aggressive like that ever if anything i would see the patriots for whatever reason trading back mm. um, They're, uh... you know just continuous to stockpile his war chest of right there
1: They also did hint that
0: um, in
1: today's presser that they could potentially be trading back up into the top 10, being the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And if they do, I feel like they're going to go after probably, because they honestly, because they could make a, they could package a trade with the Bengals, and then we can literally
0: see all five quarterbacks just melt off the board right off the bat. That would be insane if you guys actually trade up for a quarterback. Your your team is just an absolute dumpster fire at that point. Could like, happen.
1: Uh, it, it depends because this is the thing. It depends on what Nick Sirianni wants. Because if he goes in there and he's like, "I want," because this is the thing. If go and watch all the pressers with Nick Sirianni, the dude is crazy. I actually think gritty the uh, um, the Flyers uh, mascot is less crazy than Nick Sirianni. Like Nick Sirianni looks like he pounds down like two bang energy drinks before he does a presser dude is off the rails. But the reason why I say this though, is because he's so addicted to competition. He's not ready to hand over the torch to Jalen hurts. And I don't think anybody is in that, in that building. So then why did you draft he, he, him? Look, I'm not in charge of it. I don't know. Okay? No, I know. I, I know you don't. I, don't. I just, I keep coming back to <laughs> look,
0: this. Like, I'm not, get, and I'm not blaming Sirianni. who wasn't there at the time. I so think, it's not I think him. what
1: Again, like I said, I think the whole mentality was that they had Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz gets injured, at least we have someone like Jalen Hurts. And then they got Suddy, obviously in the way, way backfield who we know cannot play football. Then obviously every, all shit went to hell. There's no Carson Wentz because let me tell you, Right now, it go, the quarterback room goes Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Flacco, right? And then nobody. So if they bring in someone else to either light up Jalen Hurts even more with that com- competitive fire, great. Or the other dude just outshines him. Either way, they end up with a starter at the end of the season. So,
0: so a quick question just to close this out because I find this very yeah. entertaining. Yeah, what if yeah. Joe Flacco beats out Jalen Hurts?
1: Oh, that'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. I, I honestly, I would love if they drafted a quarterback. I hope they do. I really do because one, I'll be relentless because I was tooting this horn like three, four months ago, and all you all thought I was crazy. And so, if they go and <laughs> if they draft a quarterback first round, oh, I will God. be relentless. And if they do that, and Flacco beats out bo- both quarterbacks. I'll probably hang myself, honestly, at that point. (laughs) Especially if that quarterback they draft is either Trey Lance, even though, again, I know his stock is going up, but the fact that he's from North Dakota State would really rub me the wrong way, or Justin Fields being Ohio will, again, rub me the wrong way. But they could make a a real dive for Mac Jones. I'm feeling it. I'm telling you. Telling you.
0: Well, everybody, you heard it here first. This is uh, Richo's crazy... Uh, prediction, I guess is what Mm -hmm. we can call it. Prediction for his his Eagles draft. So thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. This was fun. and No uh, problem. Good luck to your team. Hopefully they don't draft another quarterback. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so I got two quick stories for you before we close out the pod here. The first one, for all of you Joe Buck haters out there, this is not going to be great news for you. Joe Buck is trying out for the full-time gig as the host of... Jeopardy. So, according to the New York Post, Buck's tryout will not affect his schedule as voice of Major League Baseball and NFL on Fox. He's basically doing what Aaron Rodgers did prior to the Packers quarterback saying he was interested in the full time gig. So, Buck's going to try out at some point within the next few weeks. He's, I believe, it's only a one week stint. But look, you could do a lot worse than Joe Buck. I know a lot of people hate on Joe Buck. I am not one of those people. I actually think Buck is quite talented as a broadcaster, and I think he would do a pretty decent job hosting Jeopardy. Now, with that being said, I think Aaron Rodgers is the clear-cut choice, and he should be the permanent host of Jeopardy. He's just tremendous. And if you haven't checked him out, I'm sure you can find some sort of clips up on YouTube or wherever it may be. The other news of note, and this is big for me anyway because I'm somebody who has Hulu. Hulu Plus Live TV is adding... The NFL Network and Red Zone for this coming NFL season. So Hulu Plus Live TV is ready to pass tackle, run, and catch as the streaming service announced it is adding both the NFL Network and the NFL Red Zone channels to its lineup beginning August first. That's huge. I'm pumped for that. I think that's that's just that's a huge get for Hulu, obviously, uh, and it's a huge get for anybody who who already has Hulu and. Are arguably now going to go get Hulu for this opportunity. I don't know of, of too many streaming services that actually offered you the NFL Network. I believe you could get it on like Fugu TV and possibly Sling but I don't know of, of too many others that were offering it. So look, like, this is awesome. This is going to be, a, like I said, a huge get for, for anybody who has Hulu. I'm excited. I can now watch all the NFL coverage that I want to watch now. Um, I'm not going to even bother going to get the Sunday NFL ticket like I was originally considering this season because now i got red zone. So if I have red zone, I'm good to go. And that's it. So let's close out this pod. All right, everybody, that's going to do for this week's edition of the Le Valley Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Silent Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're there, we got plenty of other podcasts from the network, including Drinks with Dan, Spaceball, Richo's Rant, and... Richo and Lala as always be well stay safe enjoy next week's NFL draft and we'll be here to break it all down for you have a great week everybody talk to y'all again soon